Syria A fans everywhere. From our nation's capital, this is Cool of America. Greetings, Curve Americans and Podcast Paisani. Welcome to a podcast special. Recently, big news came out that the Syria's international TV rights were being awarded to an American company called IMG. To quote from an article in Calcio e Finanza, quote, The deal which covers the 2018 through 2021 seasons nearly doubles the value of the previous deal with MP and Silva who held the rights since 2004. Interestingly, although MP and Silva reportedly offered more money than IMG, the Assembly of Clubs decided to change course and go in a new direction, end quote. Here with us to talk about the New Deal and its significance is Calcio and Finanza author and Milan Club Montreal leader, Marcello Furguele. Marcello, how are you today? Not too bad, Chris. How are you? Very good. Very good. I hope uh, I'm doing justice to your last name there. <laughs> no problem. I have gotten it massacred over the years, so <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> That's a tough Italian word, uh, but I'm glad I did okay. <laughs> yeah. So, Marcello, thanks for joining us. Uh, you ended your recent uh, article uh, with the question of whether Syria will, quote, stick with the status quo with being sports or go in another direction. So after doing all the research for your article, why is this an important issue for Syria's growth here in North America? Well, just looking at IMG where they're based, they're an American company and they're in New York. The first thing that comes to mind is how they probably will have a North American mindset in terms of what they do with these rights and how they're going to help Syria grow their fan base and start catching up with the other top leagues in Europe. Now I'm speaking more like a fan than an analyst, but I believe that's the direction that they're going to want to go. Uh, that's good news for us, right? I mean, we, we do, this is a passion for us for sure, but uh, just from a business perspective, right? Um, it would make sense. Currently, uh, I'm sure you have your stories, the ones I always mention when the current TV market uh, uh, with with uh, be in uh, some of the horror stories I've I've had to deal with last year one versus two in the Serie A we've got Juventus and Roma we only got one half of that put on actual TV the first half was put online through BN's uh, internet channels and then this year just a few weeks ago one versus two in Napoli versus Inter online only. And that was because Barcelona is playing Malaga, which for La Liga, at least right now where it stands, that's, that was first place versus last place. So as Correct. fans... And, um, last year, when Roma was uh, playing Juventus, it was Barcelona against Las Palmas. I don't remember if they were in last place, but definitely not a top-tier matchup for sure. Yeah. So yeah. I definitely uh, feel your frustration just like many cultural fans that were frustrated with that situation, irrespective of your team. Even though I support Milan, I'm a cultural fan, and I looked forward to watching Juventus against Roma. So 
uh, it's too bad it wasn't on TV. Yeah, I, I thought the same thing this year with Napoli and Inter. My, I'm a Roma yes. fan, but uh, was eager to see that, the, the two best teams in our league. Uh, let's see what they can do against each other. That was fun. I was looking forward to it, but foolishly didn't check the TV schedule beforehand and uh, was unable to watch it because I didn't have internet passwords and things like that to, to watch uh, um, at home. Yeah. So um, with that in mind, let's look backward before we look forward here, which hopefully is brighter. Tell us about Serie A's previous arrangement and how we got to the current TV coverage situation uh, here in North America. So the way it worked previously, uh, the analogy I'd like to give the listeners is uh, just imagine the Serie A league as if they were a winemaker. So they produce the wine and then they want to have it uh, distributed and sold to as many people as possible. So rather than do this task themselves, what they decided to do is sell all their wine to one distributor, which in this case would be MP Silva. And then MP Silva does the legwork of going all over the world and try to sell as many bottles as they can with a markup and they make a profit on their sales. So with that mindset, Serie A was just looking at things numerically. They set a certain uh, amount of what they wanted to attain in terms of uh, revenues from the sale of the international rights. Once they got that money, as far as I see things, based on what we've experienced these past few years, I don't think they really cared what MP Silva did with those rights, who they sold them to, how many viewers, and all that other stuff. Because at that point, Serie A got their money, and they really couldn't care less. That's the impression they've been giving to everyone these past few years. So then what happens... Uh, to continue the story, MP Silva will go all over the world. So if we could just focus on North America, in Canada, they would go approach, I would assume, most of the major sports networks, which in our case would have been TSN or Sportsnet in English. And we have RDS and TVA Spot in French. And they would try to convince them to t pay a price to have the games broadcast on those channels. But that hasn't happened. Mm -hmm. So what do they do? They get an offer from VN Sports. And I'm assuming it's probably the only offer they got. Or they got uh, the best deal in terms of the they were the highest bidder. So that those rights get sold to BN Sports and they become the sole uh, provider of English cultural matches in North America. So in the United States, I would assume there's ESPN and other sports channels that are the equivalent of the ones I mentioned in Canada and the same principle. So right. even there, BN Sports gets the rights and they get to broadcast the games in English in North America. Uh, now, when it comes to the Italian one, uh, there's uh, Rai Italia, which is a subsidiary of Rai from Italy, and 
they're the ones that have the rights to broadcast the games with the Italian commentary. Right. So uh, even there, that's a separate thing from the English. So the language comes into play as well when you come to sell the rights. Right. Well, I think for uh, even those of us in North America who speak uh, a little bit of Italian, it, it's nice to hear the league that you follow in your own language, whether that's French, English, or, or uh, Spanish. Um, so as much as I love Rye, uh, it would be great to get an English-speaking channel for, uh, uh, for our perspective. Absolutely. No, I could understand it. Like, uh, I was a native Italian speaker. I was born in Canada, but my parents immigrated there. And uh, for myself personally, I prefer watching culture with the Italian play-by-play. However, I could understand how someone who's not very fluent in the language would understand more the English one. So definitely, I could see why they would want to hear it in English. Exactly, yeah. And uh, we at Curve America, we like your analogy with wine there. If you went with formaggio or uh, some pasta, I think we could grasp that one too for the same <laughs> uh, Marcello, tell us uh, a little bit. I mean, again, we're approaching this issue from the business perspective, and I think yes. all Serie A fans will acknowledge we're competing with La Liga, and that means we're competing with Barcelona and Real Madrid. And so we can appreciate La Liga's market here in the in North America, but we also are making the argument Serie A's got a pretty good product with arguably more parity, especially this year, and a lot of more historic clubs with you know the top five or big big names in soccer. What would this deal mean for the league's growth here in, in North America? Well, let's assume IMG takes a different approach where they look at how many households can actually watch the games and how many eyeballs are on the screen versus the dollar value. That's my only hope with this change in direction that they would focus more on that than in terms of what they get in revenues. In that sense, if they use the North American model which if we look at the major sports in North America, whether it would be baseball, basketball, football, hockey, or even MLS, all those sports, you do not pay a significant amount of money to watch those games. I know in Canada, basically all those sports, you can watch them on channels that are come with your basic cable package. Or if you really need a channel, you're talking about maybe a dollar or two per month that you'll have to pay versus paying for a specialty channel where it's only dedicated to a few sports. Yeah, you'll get a ton of them, but you're looking at paying $15, $16 a month. So what happens in that case in terms of growing the number of fans, I believe the old model had a major flaw. And that was first with the cost, even some really, uh, you know, quote unquote, hardcore cultural fans. Not everybody is going to be willing to pay that money to watch maybe a few games per month. So you already alienate those. But more importantly, it's to grow the fans that maybe have a little interest or to acquire potential new fans who 
maybe they like the La Liga or the English Premiership. However, if you don't give them an opportunity to be exposed to the Serie A matches in a casual way, how are you, you going to get more fans? So the example I want to give is, let's say, for example, uh, you'd have a game on ESPN in the United States. So they'd have uh, some Serie A matches. And you're a premier English Premiership fan. You're just flipping channels one day. And by chance, you happen to stumble upon a Serie A match. And there was nothing else on TV. And you just want to watch it. Well, you got some people that are going to watch it by accident and get exposed to it. Yet, they didn't pay... Um, you know, it's they already had the channel, so you're getting millions of potential viewers to be exposed to your product. Whereas this way here, through BN, I found it was very, very limited. So I'm hoping with IMG, they're going to use that approach to say, never mind the revenues coming to pay for these rights. Let's look at how much advertising we could sell if we have instead of thousands of viewers we reach millions yeah that's uh boy if that's not exactly what uh, uh makes a lot of sense to us for the Serie A fans here in north america man i think you nailed it it does lead to the other question of just how cable packages are kind of being unbundled now because the internet channels are, are creeping in um but even that, uh, do you see that as a viable option of like maybe paying for these different soccer-specific uh, channels? We, we've talked about Fubo TV here in the States. I think you have something called uh, DAZN or DAZN up in Canada as well. Is that yes. a, viable, a viable option or uh, do, you, do you really feel like, Again, with your research, uh, getting onto a cable channel to expose people is, is the best way, and um, an internet channel, yeah, that that may uh, that may not work to expose more fans. Well, I believe you should follow those that are ahead of you. So, if you look at the English Premier League, they have it on channels that you don't have to pay for, so it doesn't. Uh, I would figure you could reach more viewers that way. Now, in the United States, I believe it's and on NBC, right, Chris? The, the English Premier League matches. Yeah, that's. Uh, I think anyone in the in the U.S. Uh, if you're not following EPL, you're very envious of the EPL because uh, every game is is available in some way every single weekend and just multiple channels of of EPL. It's. Uh, it, it really is a sweet package. I've actually heard on different um, podcasts and, and uh, radio stations that uh, North American, at least American fans, have better coverage of EPL here in the States than they do in England. So you can watch more games here than you can actually in the, in the home country. So it's, it's, uh, we're definitely in an envious position of, that, uh, of their, their standing with the, the TV markets. So anyway, my point being is, look at that strategy that they use to grow the game. Now, I know the language helps. Sure. It's England, they're in English. In the United States, it's also English. However, I believe that's the way you can grow your audience. 
by having the content easily accessible without having to pay so much money for it. That's now, when we look at online, like you mentioned earlier, with the zone uh, in Canada, it just launched this year. Uh, I'm subscribed to it. It's very good service. Basically, it's the equivalent of a uh, Fubo TV or a BM Connect. Mm-hmm. You just go online and like uh, they claim to be want to become the Netflix of sports. You go through all the available videos. And what's cool, you don't have to watch it live. Even if you miss something live, you could do it on demand a few hours later and you can watch all the games uh, on demand as well. That, that certainly helps for the 6.30 a.m. games here on the East Coast, right? Uh, yeah, watching absolutely. That <laughs> so the big question then, uh, Marcello, that you know, we have our respective Serie A clubs in our, native, in our cities. Um, how can Serie A fans or the clubs when they get together, anyone who's following the Serie A, Given that IMG hasn't announced anything yet, um, how can we get involved as fans uh, to kind of encourage them to find a provider who will adequately promote the league and regularly televise Serie A games throughout the season? Do you think there's there's ways for us to get involved here? Absolutely. There's uh, three different ways you can do this. Through the IMG website, if you go on the contact us part, you can send a message there. You can also contact Infront Sports, who is the agency that uh, basically were the intermediary for Serie A and they did all the, the work in terms of assigning the rights and collecting all the bids. And then Serie A themselves, you go directly on their site and you can message them as well. So you hit them three ways and hopefully the message comes through. Yeah, that's great. Um, so we'll put that out on our social media. Um, you know, we really do. We'd, we'd like this to be a call to action for, for all the Serie A fans. From just a little bit of background for Curve America, our interest is really promoting the league uh, here in the, in the North American markets to, to have it compete with, with other leagues like EPL. So if uh, we can get the fans behind something to let their voice be heard, uh, we would really like to take part in that. So... We got oh, absolutely. Get- and the other thing, too, they have to realize, I know they tend to focus more on the domestic league because in terms of the money that comes in, it's a lot more than what they get internationally. However, it's so saturated already in Italy where, you know, I would say it's the only major sport that's followed like a religion seven days a week, 24 hours a day. How much more can you squeeze out of the lemon while in Italy? I don't think there's much left, to be honest. But internationally, the rate of growth and what you could go get is definitely a lot better. Yeah. No, we would. uh, We've. We've. uh, We're hoping to build that too. We've. uh, We believe there's a market. Uh, Roma Club DC, as an example. uh, You know, we went over as a group to to uh, the Derby game last last spring. So. We're encouraging all the different supporters clubs to do something like that. It's an awesome experience. Um, certainly, oh, yeah, it was. Uh, it really was to not only watch it in person, which you know that's that's in and of itself is really great, but to watch it with the guys that you're watching the games with every weekend from you know thousands of miles away, it, it made it extra special. So we we encourage that, and 
we hope Syria recognizes that there are uh, fans all around the world here and that they'll uh, uh, give us a good product out there that we can follow. Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, we also want to mention uh, this, this whole topic came about. The reason we reached out to you is uh, because of your work with uh, Calcio Finanza. It's a website uh, that is in English for all the Serie A fans. We strongly encourage you to check it out. A very informative uh, website. Uh, we we just all have to concede that uh, soccer is a business, and uh, to learn kind of the the underpinnings of of why moves are made, really because of the finances. Uh, it's a great article, so we encourage all the listeners to check that out for sure. Uh, I think probably, Marcello, to, to make that point, Milan's finances have been in the news uh, pretty much since the summer. So as Milan Club Montreal's leader, um, I, I'm sure that your uh, interest in, in your club and, and Calcio, uh, you've, you've uh, been very interested in not only writing, but also reading uh, what Calcio Finanza is putting out there. No, absolutely. Uh, that was such an ordeal with the whole saga of the closing of the sale and then uh, from that point on the type of stories you hear about uh, you know uh, so much you know on social media everybody has an opinion so just funny how uh, you go from person saying that they're gonna go bankrupt to Silvio Berlusconi is just money laundering the money that he had offshore, you know, it's just, uh, it's really funny. So <laughs> I know at Couch of Finance, they don't do any speculation or anything like that. It's all based on facts and uh, the numbers speak for themselves. Yep, facts facts are always good. Uh, Curve America, we, uh, we're, we're, uh, <laughs> we can be kind of uh, terrible sports analysis, but uh, we do promise that we research our work. So, uh, we uh, we like to follow other uh, news outlets like Calcio and Finanza, which also uh, believe in that. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us uh, a little bit about uh, your own interest in your club, Marcello. How did you find Milan, and uh, why did you get Milan Club Montreal started? Well, for myself personally, I've been a Milan fan for over 30 years. I grew up uh, wanting to play like Paolo Maldini, he's like my idol, so uh, watching him involved with the national team, basically my love for soccer really started when Italy won the World Cup in 1982, I was seven years old at the time, and it's just from there, uh, seeing my parents, neighbors, uh, family, uh, we were all celebrating that Italy won. And then I started playing and I was always a defender and Maldini started around that time just a bit after anyway. And I just, because of him, I, I always followed Milan and I've been a Milanista ever since. And was and, this was this in Canada when you were seven? Yeah, in Canada, or? yeah. Very cool. So so what's it like? Is there a lot of Italians up in Montreal? with? Uh, yeah, we're a very big Italian community. So first there's the... French Canadians and then there's the English ones and we're like the third one. We're over almost close to 400,000 Italians in Montreal. That's wonderful. That's yeah. great. Um, and then uh, how about, so we've got Milan Club Montreal taken care of. Uh, are there other Syria clubs in your city that uh, also do you guys uh, interact with them at all? 
Yeah, there's three other ones that are very active. There's the Juventus one, the Roma one, and um, the Napoli one. So we're the four that are most active, and we pretty much all do the same thing in terms of uh, activities. The viewing parties are the main draw, and um, I know for our, speaking for our club, we focus on getting together for the marquee matchups. We won't get together for every single game. So we'd like to make our uh, viewing parties an event, so something to look forward to. So we decided to go with that strategy and just watch the marquee games together. That's great. That's great. Yeah. Uh, well, we're uh, definitely thinking of you up there for uh, um, all the Milan coverage. Uh, love to see uh, the interaction. Uh, we were with Milan Club Philly a few weeks ago in Philadelphia. I see that uh, on social media you guys interact a bit. Uh, and uh, For sure. Uh, Dave is a good guy. There you go. Yep. Yeah. And uh, we'd love to see that, that, you know, even though if we're Roma fans down here in D.C., we certainly appreciate Serie A as a whole and uh, uh, seeing other clubs getting together and watching the games because they fell in love with their particular club. It's uh, it's really cool to see the interaction. So, No, for sure. And within the Serie A community, we are a small community, so we should like work together for certain things. Yep, yep. So we're we're grateful for uh, for those opportunities. Uh, we'll, we're we're hoping to get up to Montreal with Curve America. We'd love to do that and meet all the clubs someday. Uh, that will be great. Uh, yeah. If you guys could come up, then why not? <laughs> yep, it's on the list for sure. <laughs> so Excellent. Marcello, we uh, we appreciate your time tonight. Um, thank you for all your work with Calcio Finanza. Uh, we'll we'll uh, continue to see how this develops, but we really appreciate appreciate your insight on a very important topic for all the Serie A fans here. Very good. Thank you for having me. It was a lot of fun, and uh, we'll talk soon.